After witnessing a serial killer in Rome, an American takes it upon himself to investigate the slayings. In Dario Argento's The Bird with the Crystal Plumage. It's early Argento, but we're going to find many of his calling cards already in place. Welcome everyone to Screams After Midnight. I am Peter and joining me as always is Tim. Uh, as a joke, I would say something in Italian, but <laughs> I don't know anything in Italian. <laughs> you could have just done the accent like you did for the Pope's Exorcist like a month ago. <laughs> Actually, for the, for, for the audience, that would have been like maybe a couple of weeks ago, but for us, mm -hmm. it was like a month or so ago. Well, if we really had uh, the dedication, we could just film ourselves like just silently for about an hour or so and then go back and dub are reviewing as a question tim uh did you watch this movie in italian with subtitles or in english oh the only way you're supposed to watch a giallo uh it was dubbed of course <laughs> well the funny thing is is that i looked it up before i started because i couldn't remember and i can confirm having watched it in english is that the english audio lip syncs with far more of the actors than the italian does really Absolutely. Oh, <laughs> the lead, all the lead characters are speaking English, and for the most part, I think it's their voices. Mm -hmm. One or two sound a bit that weird as if they're someone else, but uh, the English seems to be... has more of a good hit rate. Uh, but <laughs> neither one's 100%, because Giallo's yeah. like that. Anyway, this is a horror movie podcast. We're here <laughs> to talk about The Bird with the Crystal Plumage. This is a Dario Argento film. Why? Because it's nice to hit some of the big directors in October, and <laughs> we haven't really done that much Argento. We've done Tenebri, and we've done yeah. Suspiria, and I think that's it. Wow, that's it? Wow. That's it. So, no Dracula 3D? <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't threaten me with that, movie, okay? <laughs> I do not wish to be threatened with Dracula. I'm <laughs> sure we'll get to it, right? We'll, we'll eventually <laughs> run out of Vampire and Dracula movies and have to do it. <laughs> but today's not that day we've got mm -hmm. plenty of the big Argento movies to do so here we are with one of his earlier ones this is from 1970 mm -hmm. so we'll get into it it's one of the first ones I watched as well I think if I remember correctly oh well it's been a long time I don't, rem you know, I don't remember much about that first viewing but it was I think it was one of the first blind buy blu-rays I ever watched as in it was like I bought it having not seen it just because oh it's meant to be like one of Argento's movies. You knew you knew who like Argento was though at the time. Of course, like, you know, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. I knew who Argento was. It was, but Blue Underground had a Blu-ray out, mm. and I was like, yeah, I'll watch this this Italian movie. And at the time, pristine HD. <laughs> I mean, it's still pristine, but today I watched it in pristine 4K, which was even better. <laughs> so I watched a John Carpenter movie in pristine HD. <laughs> So I wonder your career as a stand-up comedian didn't go anywhere in the time. All our listeners are laughing their asses off at that joke. <laughs> no, they're they're tying nussies as we speak, Tim. They can't they can't take it after that. Well, any, any reaction I consider to be a good reaction. <laughs> hey, it's an extreme reaction. No one can deny that. Uh, yes. So we'll start spoiler free, of course, as we always do. We'll give you a warning before we go into spoilers. Uh, had you seen the bird with the crystal plumage before? 
you know, I, I thought I did, but it didn't seem very familiar to me. So, like, you know, it, it's possible I might have watched it like 12 years ago, yeah. you know, randomly and just didn't remember much of it. But, um, no, it, I mean, it, it felt pretty, yeah, new to me. Oh, okay, just curious, just curious. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a giallo, so there's not really much to say other than there's a killer killing women <laughs> in the city. What city is that? <laughs> I don't think they ever actually specify. We're in Italy, we know that much. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, there's a killer on the loose, and there's someone, this this writer named Sam, who's an American, gets mixed up in everything because he witnesses part of one of the murders, or at least one of the attempted murders. And ends up getting involved and investigating that on his own, which is actually one of the tropes of Argento. <laughs> is that a lot of yeah. his movies have characters who are not police suddenly becoming police officers <laughs> for themselves and just investigating crimes. And it's not even I like it's that. it's not even just like it's cold cases that the police have given up on. No, no, there's an active <laughs> detective also looking into it. But he's like, no, 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 <laughs> I, I've become obsessed. I'm going to look into this and investigate. Uh, but. Honestly, that's all you can really say without getting any spoilers. That's that's the gist of it. That's the premise. So we'll get into it. But uh, uh, Tim, how yeah. did you find the movie? <laughs> uh, so it's kind of interesting. Like I'm trying to think: is this the first like good movie that we've done this month? Like I, I don't know. It just feels kind of weird. Like, like I mean, no shade or anything. It just feels a little weird to actually be talking about like a real good movie and not like you know like some i don't know uh weird cheesy thing or something okay uh, well, before you go any further two two things i'd like to point out is one <laughs> the order we've recorded might not necessarily be the order they go out and so you might be throwing shade in something you really like right now and secondly um knock in the cabin we like that oh sure 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 yeah yeah, you said that as if everything we've done has been trash. <laughs> but the, I don't know. This just feels like you know. Uh, <laughs> to me, this is like a capital M movie. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's a cool capital it's, M. <laughs> it's the McDonald's of movies. Yeah, no, it's like uh, you know. I don't know. Uh, so no, that is to say, though, no, I actually did quite uh, enjoy this um, this movie. Uh, so I, I was surprised because um, yeah, yeah you know, wait a minute, wait a minute. All right, before you go any further, right? One more thing. <laughs> Okay. Just one more thing. Um, All right, Columbo. <laughs> so, for the past couple of weeks, I've been giving mm -hmm. Tim a list of movies we should get to, and I picked some big. I thought let's do an Argento. There's here's the movie for Halloween Day. Here's the movie from another big director. Mm -hmm. Here's another classic stuff that we've not gotten to yet. That will be feel like big movies to get through during October. <laughs> and for the past two weeks, Tim keeps not watching those and watching something else that's <laughs> random and saying, "Hey, I did this. Let's do this movie." And I've been quite happy to do it. But they've kind of been, you know, as Tim has implied himself, <laughs> you know, lowercase m movies, if you will. I mean, so, we... so what I'm saying is, Tim, is I don't want shit from you. Is if, if I've been the one holding you back from watching good movies for the show for these past couple of weeks, okay? Hey, I'm just a, I'm just a lost babe, just wandering in the woods, just trying to grasp at whatever movie I, I can find. So, oh, I've noticed. Uh, <laughs> hey, some gonna be good, some gonna be bad. That's a that's the way the movie game plays, babe. Um, so anyway, though, yeah, this is um, yeah, I I was surprised. Uh, well, I guess I shouldn't be surprised because I actually do like Argento quite a bit. Uh, but I feel like, you know, no shade to the man, but I, I feel like the last couple of things that I've tried uh from him, which yeah, admittedly has been the newer stuff, which 
you know, uh, has a reputation for not being as good. But I feel like the last stuff that I've, you know, watched from just hasn't hit, you know, that well. So it's got, uh, right. might have soured a, a, a little bit. But I don't know, going you back at. You made a Carpenter joke earlier, and much mm-hmm. like Carpenter for Argento, you kind of really want to look at the 70s and 80s, maybe some early 90s, sure. but Absolutely, not much yeah. after that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can still respect the hell out of, you know, <laughs> out of uh, those people and everything, but, uh, yeah, unfortunately, you know, they, they have their misses, uh, but, yeah, when, when the hits are, are that strong, it's whatever. Um but no, I, I was actually I was, I was really happy with this movie. This to me is kind of like what you want, you know, from a, a Jalo. Like, um, you know, you just have the like you're saying, like, yeah, it has like the tropes of the, you know, person being like inextricable. Well, I can't even say the word, uh, <laughs> you know, getting involved in this uh, series of like. Wait, what was the word? You've got me on the hook here, Tim. What was the word you were trying to say? <laughs> uh, inextricably. <laughs> inextricably yeah there you go <laughs> yeah there you go i just wanted to know yeah too many uh young yeah, uh letters <laughs> in that one i'm also very <laughs> tired i just got my vaccine uh the other day and i think it's um it's been making me a little loopy um but oh no <laughs> yeah uh so you don't get vaccines people they hey i'm doing it so i i can have the privilege of going to the movies uh this month where we'll, we'll see such uh hits as well oh. you'll have to wait and find out <laughs> um but yeah, uh, no, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, oh yeah, I was saying, <laughs> yeah, the, this is like what, what you want to get from a, a Jalo, you know, I, I thought uh, it looked really great. Man, there's one scene towards the end I want to talk about that just like, you know, I feel like, you know, this maybe isn't, this is probably a, a pretty well-recognized uh, uh, Argento movie, but, you know, it, it maybe isn't on the same level as like, um, you know, like Suspiria or, or something that, you know, uh, people probably think of a lot more, but I, I do feel like you get hints of like some of that you know, later stuff you'd see with him with like, you know, where it's like a real emphasis on color and stuff. And there's a really cool scene at the end that, um, you know, I'm excited to talk about that kind of shows like, you know, just the why Argento is just such like a masterful director because he just has this like eye for, you know, composition and color. Um, I think that there's some scenes in that yeah, that you know, are, are really effective um and then yeah it has like you know some of the kind of the cheesy tropey you know stuff that you get with a jello which i, I think you know made it kind of fun uh to watch uh there are actually <laughs> some uh pretty funny stuff uh here um i mean i don't know how you felt about the cat scene uh that was strange oh that's really good too. I, th- I thought you were maybe hinting at the uh the art store like dealer dude the guy yeah. owns the art shop. Oh, sure, 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 yeah. <laughs> he, he, he left an impression on me, I, uh, but we'll, we'll get to him. Uh, but no, I, I thought this was a very solid, uh, you know, Argento outing. Um, yeah, I think it's like a good, I, I don't think it's his best movie, but I think it kind of showcases like, oh, why he's such a good director. And you can kind of see like the stuff that's going to make him more well-known uh, with, with some of his bigger stuff uh, later on. But um, yeah, no, I, I thought it was a very good, solid, uh, solid pick. <laughs> Thank you. It's almost <laughs> like you should let me pick the movies, Tim, based on recent history. Oh, yeah. Jeez, you bet one out of 30 and you think you're a Babe Ruth all of a sudden. <laughs> well, you bet out of 30 with subspecies and ginger snaps too, you piece of shit. 
<laughs> anyway, uh, so <laughs> yeah, I like the movie quite a bit. Uh, it's a shame that it doesn't seem to get mentioned as much as something mm. like Suspiria because I think it's better than Suspiria. Oh wow! Uh, I know they're coming with the hot takes. I don't think it's his best movie. I think t- uh, t- Tenebrae or Tenebrae or however you pronounce mm-hmm. <laughs> the movie. I do think that's my favorite Argento, but I think mm. this is pretty close up there, and he's like maybe top three for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just very stylish but it's not overdone there's a couple of really inventive sequences uh, one where like a character's kind of trapped in like a sort of little area that's just all windows and it's like they're in a mm-hmm. box and they can't get out it's, it's, that's a really effective sequence there's a lot of stuff at the end like you said that's quite good there's even just one of the kind of standalone scenes in the middle which it just it plays with this uh this staircase and it's this triangular design of staircase mm-hmm. and when the camera looks down the sort of central part of the staircase it's just this it almost looks like infinite triangles going down to the mm-hmm. bottom and it's just again like you said compositions very very strong very artistic it feels like he's making shapes with what he's looking at with the camera mm-hmm. it's all very good but it's, it's got some memorable music it does oh, have yeah, some good too. Yeah. It does have some bizarre logic, which is also kind of a staple <laughs> of Jalo films. Yeah. Um, you know, and what, what I love about it as well, actually, is that <laughs> at one point, the main character has this idea that he, he thinks is worth investigating, and I immediately went, what? No, this makes no sense. Why would this lead to any sort of evidence? And I actually appreciated that when he, we spend like 10 minutes, maybe 15 minutes, have him looking into this, only for him to get to the conclusion and go, yeah, that led nowhere. I'm like, yeah, no shit, it led nowhere. It was never going to give you anything. Uh, um, actually, anyhow. you did remind me of something that I forgot to mention. The uh, I, I Overall, I am very positive with this movie. Uh, however, if I do have, like, you know, probably my biggest gripe with it is I do feel like the ending is very abrupt. Like, it mm. kind of comes out of nowhere, and then there is, like, um, it's almost similar to, like, um like psycho or whatever where you know it feels like the movie ends but then you have to you have like this extra scene with the cops where they're or or like you know psychiatrist or whatever that's yeah but it like... makes but it makes less sense in this case though yeah. with psycho <laughs> it's like what he's saying is like, okay i get why you're explaining this to the dum-dums who didn't get it but yeah. in this movie they have to try and explain it because it's really convoluted and you're like okay all right okay all right <laughs> so yeah no there's absolutely critiques to be had and mm-hmm. some of the silly logic is part of the charm i think and i think oh, sure. the ending is res- ridiculously convoluted <laughs> when they actually try to explain yeah so you know what's what, what's been going on also but... I, was, I kept getting so dizzy with that <gasps> shot of the plane over and over again <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> how many times does this plane turn before it goes down the runway <laughs> but yeah we'll, we'll, like did we'll they have like a, a time quota they needed to meet like it's like oh it's like <laughs> it's like a minute and a half too short can we just show that plane again reverse it speed it up it's, it's it's 96 minutes if anything you can mm-hmm. shave six minutes off this bad boy sure. and get yeah. it to perfect length mm-hmm. but not that i'm saying it feels too long because it doesn't really it yeah no it, it flows right. very well uh yeah uh, and it's also one of those movies where you're like okay what the hell does the title mean and what's it got yeah. to do with that <laughs> yes. thing and it's quite late on when it comes up you're like ah mm-hmm. that's why you called the movie that okay very <laughs> nice i i enjoyed it. i enjoy not getting what the title is until you watch the movie i appreciate that oh absolutely yeah i think too many people don't like titles or like, oh, it tells you nothing well that's okay it doesn't matter the trailer can sell you on it the poster can sell you on it mm-hmm. the title can be something that you sort of you know it can be a revelation at some point in the movie mm-hmm. not everything has to be titled snakes on a plane okay <laughs> yes <laughs> 
Oh dear. Anywho, uh, so we'll we'll we'll, we'll get into everything. I'll, we'll give the spoiler warning here, I think, so we can we can talk freely, uh, and get into things. Uh, so we have a very sort of traditional Jalo villain here. We got a black hat, a black coat, black gloves, uh, a lot of switchblade stuff. Um, I kind of appreciate that the opening scene as the titles play out is like, you know, it's clearly the killer taking photos of this woman walking somewhere. Mm-hmm. And you don't see the kill in this case. It just sort of like cuts to like the newspaper or whatever. And it's like, oh, hey, another woman's been murdered. That's the third one in the past month or whatever. <laughs> uh, and I think the first time I watched it, I was probably thinking, oh, is this going to be more of a thriller than a horror movie? Mm-hmm. And we're not going to see the kills. But of, of course, like later, yeah, you, you like you, it, it escalates and you see more and more yeah. uh, as, as the movie goes on. Not that it's the goriest by any means. Mm-hmm. You, you, there's not a lot of like prosthetics with blades getting in them or anything like that. But there's a lot yeah. of. There's a lot of swiping blades at the camera as if it's like POV of the victim, and, and then, then you, you see, see the victim screaming, just like yeah, yeah shoot off, and... yeah, blood squirting <laughs> places, yeah, yeah. It's all, it's all, <laughs> it's all fun. It's all very of the era and <laughs> and kind of nice. So uh, we're introduced to Sam, who's our main character, who's an American mm. writer who's who's here because he wants to get a place to write, get some influence, <laughs> and he's complaining that it's done. No good. He's not had any influence <laughs> from being in Italy. I was like, okay, that's good for the uh, the Italian board of uh, <laughs> tourism. Their ad, so you could play this ad before all the tourists. Like, hey, Italy oh, yeah. accomplished nothing for me. So many writers cancelled their uh, their trips after seeing this. <laughs> Stephen King, he... Dean Coon, so like, well, I'm not going to Italy now. Although he did find a girlfriend who seems like a long-term partner, so I guess mm-hmm. that's... That, so, it's, it's weird to see... <laughs> It's weird to say that he didn't accomplish anything in Italy when he mm-hmm. may have found his wife, but I mean... <laughs> who, it wasn't as big a deal to... back then. <laughs> was it not? Okay. <laughs> and she's a model as well. He just... Like, it Love never comes up for the... It never comes up for the rest of the movie. But he mm-hmm. says to his, like, friend that he works with at the start mm-hmm. that, oh, she's away in a modeling job. She'll be back tonight. And I'm <laughs> like, wait, so you're... So you found a wife who's a model <laughs> and you accomplish nothing in Italy. <laughs> And, you know, some people have uh, different goals, yeah, I suppose. <laughs> oh, does he not want money either? Well, if he finds a billion dollars sitting under a, mm-hmm. a, a rock somewhere, is he, is he going to be like, oh, well, that's nice, but it's not really what I was hoping for. I mean, hey, she could be a roller coaster in the sack, but if it's not helping him write, what's the point? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> Every joke I can possibly think of saying is very inappropriate, so I'm just going to not. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, so so yeah, basically, just quick introduction, and very quickly he's walking home, and we get this the the first big set piece scene of the movie, where he's walking past an art gallery. Uh, not the not the one that comes up later, because it's like a, it's actually more of an antique shop. The one that comes up later, this is like an actual gallery where it's got this uh, entranceway where there's two sets of sliding doors. So there's sliding doors, and then there's a gap, and then there's another wall of glass with a sliding door. Uh, and he notices that there's a man and a woman struggling, and you know it, it looks like the man's in the black coat, the black hat, the black gloves. And this is probably the first time you really get a good look at what the outfit is. And he runs in, and he's sort of buying, trying to help, but he can't get in. And then the killer seemingly, in another part of the building 
hits a button that shuts the first set of sliding doors. So now he's trapped in this kind of two-sided glass box. <laughs> and he's trying to get out. And he eventually sort of like flags down like a civilian walking past to like go and phone the police or something. Uh, which is actually one of my favorite things about this. It's not just that he has to watch this bright lit room with this woman like crawling for her life after being stabbed. It's that it kind of, not, not it doesn't play it in real time, but it, it kind of just sort of fades forward to when he's sitting there waiting for the police and you see the police arrive and he's mm-hmm. still in that glass box and you see them arrive behind. I just, I like this whole sequence. It's all very, it's got a good tone to it. It's very different oh, from yeah. most uh, horror movie kill scenes. I mean, I think this is just like a, you know, talk about a way to open, you know, the movie, like just everything about it is like setting you up for a, a really good time. It's just a, it's just a very interesting, like unique uh, kind of situation. And then just that, you know, feeling of, you know, being so like trapped and helpless and like, you know, just watching, you know, this victim uh, and not being able to do anything and then getting trapped yourself, like. I feel it accomplishes like so much just you know very early on in the film and like just really puts you in a good mood to uh yeah trust the director and you know that you're in capable hands <laughs> one way to put it Tim very interesting uh, no visually it's super super like unique I think because I think it's because it's literally the street and then this glass box effectively and then this bright lit gallery there's something just yeah. really surreal about how he's just crossed this threshold and now he's trapped between the real world and in this like murder room and yeah. it's just it's just off the street like it, it was so it was like the, the street's right there there's people walking past there's cars driving by mm-hmm. uh, I don't know it's, just, it's, just, it's got such a great feeling of just like oh the the, the there's, there's killings and like sinister stuff happening just like right out in the open kind of thing i don't know it just has a cool vibe I, I like definitely. It. yeah especially you know if you compare it to like so many other horror movies where it's like you know you're in the isolated cabin or mm. you know you're in your home uh, alone but it's like you know this you know large uh you know neighborhood where like you know the nearest house is you know far away or, or something like uh yeah like you said it's a it's a very different unique kind of setting and um there is something that feels like like i don't know like sinister uh or, or scary about it that yeah it is so out in the open and there is uh you know it is such a clear view to what's going on but yeah no one else has seen it except for you know this uh this one guy an outsider not even a not even a, an italian proper <laughs> italian proper that's the phrase, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we meet the detective character, Inspector Morazzini, who mm-hmm. is suspicious of of him. Like he thinks he's he mm-hmm. might be the, he thinks Sam might be the killer who's intentionally trapped himself after the fact to mm-hmm. you know make him look less suspicious. Uh, but mm-hmm. it's notable here that the woman doesn't actually die when they come in. If I if anything, I thought it was kind of weird how they kept saying that she's. Like, oh, it's not a big deal. She'll be fine. I'm like, she's still stabbed and needs an ambulance here, guys. But they keep saying, yeah. no, it's not It's not too bad. She'll be fine. I'm like, she's lying unconscious with blood pouring out of her stomach. It, it feels worse than you're letting it on, even if she is going to be okay if they get her to a hospital. Yeah. Just, I don't know. Uh, uh, but, it, but the images of all this night plague Sam a little bit. He keeps trying to go over it in his mind. And he's like, I never get a good look at his face. It was dark under the stairs where he ran off. He doesn't know who it was. And they keep asking him, and he's thinking about it that night when he sees his girlfriend. And it's, I think it's the next day they bring him in for a lineup, 
and they bring in like different people to see if he'll recognize anyone and he keeps telling them that he, he can't he didn't see the face he can't re- you know he can't point them out but it leads to one of the greatest lines in cinema history where the detective just yells bring out the perverse <laughs> <laughs> Very good, yes. I don't know, I, that like gave me a chuckle. Bring out the perverts. I mean, I suppose we'll just talk about here the fact that every so often we do cut to the killers like, taking photos of someone else, mm-hmm. and indeed we get other kill scenes that are kind of separate from what's going on with the main characters. The murders just kind of keep happening, mm-hmm. um, and I'll probably not even remember the order of them perfectly, but like, I think the, sure. fir- the first one's a-, a woman who's walking home, and she gets home, and she puts on like this blouse... And she goes to bed, but uh, I think there's even a moment where she walks past like a like a car with three policemen and says hello mm-hmm. to them, and they ask if anything's wrong. She's like, "No, I'm fine. Good night, officers." Mm-hmm. And she goes home. But it's when she's in bed where she just like we get this great POV shot of her where she's looking at the open door in her bedroom, and there's a bit of light coming from somewhere else in the house. And it's when she turns away and then turns back, the killer's standing there. And then she mm-hmm. screams, and then it cuts to a shot from inside her mouth and pulls out. So that sort of flipped the perspective. Mm-hmm. And then, then the killer, you know, rips open her shirt, slices a little bit, and then, you know, ends with the slit in her throat. It's a really effective yeah. little sequence. It's, it's, it's a build-up to the appearance of the killer that's so so well done. That that POV shot is fantastic. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, Argento <laughs> definitely knows what he's doing. Um, yeah, it, it's just... That's just a really good job of like, I don't know, <laughs> creating like tension and uh, stuff. It, like it all feels very tense. Yeah, he's not good with characters, but he's good at doing tension <laughs> and sure. the suspense sequences. Yeah, I, I think that's a fair statement. There was, uh, I, I forget like when I stopped thinking of uh, thinking of this, but there was a part of me early on that kind of like thought, like, oh, no one like jallo and stuff and like how they <laughs> can get like a little nutty and stuff like i i kept thinking like oh i wonder if the killer is gonna turn out to be him and he's having like you know like some weird uh... like you know psychosomatic episodes or, or something where he's like disassociating or, or something so uh, i i was expecting that twist <laughs> for a, a while but yeah that, doesn't that, happen though that was definitely a possibility uh, i think uh the most mm-hmm. obvious red herring i think that feels not so obvious that it feels plausible but it turns out not to be the case because mm-hmm. uh, they really lay it on thick towards the end as the friend that he works with. And the reason why he's oh, suspicious sure. is because he's the only character in the movie who, who has cigars and they mention that mm-hmm. there's like something on the gloves that imply that he, that he smokes cigars. So he immediately felt suspicious to me the next time we see Because we don't see him for a long time. He's at the start and then he's yeah. not there for ages until he just happened to be around talking to the, the main character, Sam. Yeah, that would uh, make sense. Yeah, but he he was he was a uh, number one on the suspect list, uh, <laughs> I would say, and and they, I think they even like expect the audience to think that because then when some tension happens later, when the girlfriend goes missing, it feels like he might have been the one that took her, and then obviously it mm-hmm. turns out not to be. But like, it definitely wants you to think that for a little bit. Yeah. So yeah, all, all that stuff's good. Uh, the, the other kills, what I mentioned with the stairs, the tri- the triangular staircase. Um, mm-hmm. where this woman is just going home she's just going up the stairs and uh, the, I think my favourite part of this is the shot looking down the stairs but also the, her, the shot mm-hmm. of her looking up the stairs in POV where she doesn't know us but if you're actually paying attention you can see a face all the way up at the top of the oh, stairs 
you can't really make out who it is, but you can, you can just make out as a face looking down. Probably the person whose POV we were seeing before, the killer. So, um, admittedly, I don't think... I, I mean, it, it did look like a guy to me, which obviously, <laughs> once we get to who the killer is, that doesn't yeah. really make sense. But, yeah. you know, whatever. I'm not going to... <laughs> I'm not, not going to poke holes. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, well, we can live with it. She gets killed in the little mm-hmm. elevator after a bit of a chase. Uh, <laughs> so that's that's all good. Uh, but the, the killer does start coming after Sam, but he like starts investigating mm-hmm. things, and he's like <coughs> looking into what the previous murders were, which leads him to all the various places. Mm-hmm. There's like he's just walking through the fog, like mm-hmm. uh, like a day or two after the initial event, and. Like, he looks over his shoulder a few times, but doesn't see anything. But then, like, a woman in front of him yells out, Watch out! And he ducks, and, like, the killer's, like, swung, like, a, a cleaver <laughs> at him, and it's now in a yeah. pipe. And then, then they run off. So. And then, throughout the movie, I kept thinking, like, it, it's so funny that, <laughs> you mentioned it before, but he's not a cop. Like, no. he, should, he doesn't need to be doing any of this. In fact, the first time he talks to the police, they take his passport so he can't leave. Mm. But then they give yeah. him his passport halfway through and basically say, can you just get lost and stop investigating our <laughs> murders, please? <laughs> well, like you mentioned before, like, yeah, at first there seems like, you know, that he might be a suspect and like, you're not sure if, you know, that could be an angle the movie's going to take where, you know, it might be like framing him. So, you know, as he's trying to find the killer, he also has to, you know, deal with the police. But um, yeah, they like. Yeah, I feel like I, I maybe it's halfway through, but I don't, or it felt like kind of like early on to me that they kind of dropped that. Like, like you said, the police are j- eventually. I just kind of like, yeah, yeah. It's relatively early because they they start just showing him evidence and explaining to him what they found, and I'm like, why are you telling him in this? Like, he's another cop. It doesn't make any sense. But they, they they're like telling him about the gloves they found and the blood on them and the ash on them and uh, all this other stuff. Like, I get why later when the killer phones him, they like compare his recording to the one that the police got, but. It, it's still it's still kind of weird it's like why are you showing this guy all this evidence that's not typically <laughs> what the police do oh, that reminds me like i did like uh a lot of the, like old-timey technology they have on that like it just like looks so cool and like having those like you know like like all of it was like so big you know like everything now is like so like sleek and you have like the small computers and stuff but like yeah like they're trying to match like the sound files and stuff they just have like these like huge machines uh that are, like reading the waves yeah. and stuff and Although, they did have some computer that was definitely doing something I don't believe a computer in 1970 <laughs> could be pulling off. Where he's like, oh, we've got a profile for all the, all this evidence we got from the glove and stuff. We're going to put it into the mm-hmm. computer and it's going to give us a list of all the potential suspects in the city. <laughs> and then I think they get like a list of like 150,000 names and I'm like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> it's not a lot to go on. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I don't believe, I don't believe it's, that, that, that fangled computery stuff. No. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But I guess computers probably seem so futuristic in 1970 that they were like, ah, yeah, people will just buy this. Oh, That's yeah, fine. of course. This, this yeah. is what they'll believe. That's fine. <laughs> uh, also, like, the killer seems to hire, like, a hitman. <laughs> because, so, basically, once, like, it seems like they might be in danger, or even, and in fact, maybe this mm-hmm. explains why they drop him being a suspect so early, is because mm-hmm. the detective's got two of his men following mm-hmm. Sam around. So maybe the simple fact that these men were following him and these other murders started ha- to happen, it was like, okay, he's clearly not the killer. Uh, let's be friendly to him then. Mm-hmm. But once he is more involved in looking into the case and it, it could get dangerous, 
they've got protective men like following him and his girlfriend <laughs> to make sure they're safe and the guy who's there to like be their bodyguard like a car comes out of nowhere and runs him down and there's clearly the killer in the car because you can see the, the silhouette of the hat but then there's a driver and the driver gets out and he's this guy in a yellow jacket and he, he chases them down the street uh, the girlfriend hides uh, julia her name is but then sam keeps running and we get this chase sequence where he's running throughout various back alleys and streets and eventually when they get out to a more public street sam like goes up and talks to some like taxi drivers and starts to ask them for help and that makes the killer sort of put his gun away and sort of walk in the other mm-hmm. direction because now there's witnesses now there's a bunch of people around so yeah. it turns into a, a chase scene the other way around where sam is now tailing the, the potential hitman mm-hmm. and is following him around until he gets to a hotel and he, when he follows him up to the floor that he goes to it turns out there's like a convention going on with like <laughs> maybe like 50 plus men all wearing this exact same yellow jacket so now he's like mm-hmm. lost in this sea of of like identical well not yeah. p- looking people but similar white dudes in yellow jackets and it's like huh okay <laughs> that was strange <laughs> And then apparently the killer wasn't too happy they didn't get the job done because later on when Sam finally gets like a lead as to where this hitman might be, he goes to his place and finds him dead in the the cupboard. Uh, <laughs> but that's a fun little scene of him searching around. But it, ultimately it's a dead end because it's just this guy who was hired and now he's dead. So yeah, uh, yeah it is what it is. But let's talk about his investigation, Tim. We have to talk okay. about the antique store. Mm-hmm. We have to talk about this very camp man who runs this store. Mm. And basically, this is the, where the first victim... So before the movie started, there was a couple of victims, right? And the first victim <coughs> worked at this antique store. So Sam comes here, and he makes some small talk with the guy who run, runs the place. And then he says, hey, I recognize this store. This is where that girl who was murdered worked, right? So he sort of drums up conversation as naturally <laughs> as he can. He's like, oh, yeah, she was a sweet girl, blah, blah, blah. And they start talking about her. And out of nowhere, the guy riding this place, but she was a bit funny though. He's like, how do you mean? Well, people said she preferred women, but of course I don't <laughs> mind. I'm not racist. And I went, I don't think you understand what that word means, sir. No. Uh, no, no. Uh, especially since the implication in this scene is that he's gay and he's got the hots for Sam. <laughs> because there's a line here where Sam asks for something. He's like, Oh, for you, like I'll, I'll, you know, I won't, I won't play funny business, but not for you, sir. It's absolutely <laughs> magnificent. Would you like to buy this candlestick? You know, he's very. Uh, I don't. He's he's a, he's definitely a, a loud character, shall we say? Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, what, what would you think of all this, Tim? <laughs> their interaction was funny, uh, and uh, the the thing that was kind of amusing to me was just like how much like information he had and was like at the ready to give him again he's not like you know a cop or anything but it's just like oh yeah like I'll, I'll tell you all about uh this girl or whatever but i mean like you said like yeah there is that kind of you know uh subtleness of yeah it so- does feel like he <laughs> <laughs> that that small underlying uh, you I, know, I, uh, I don't think that word means you, what you think it means tim <laughs> uh the what what's the op- opposite of subtext then just overt text, text. <laughs> just text just text <laughs> that that yeah he's uh he's got the hot form which why not you know he's a pretty uh 
decent looking guy yeah because <laughs> and... what he finds out here is that this this girl sold a painting just before <laughs> she was walking home which is when she was killed and he thinks oh maybe the person who bought the painting could be the killer and he asks about the painting and the guy who runs the place says oh yeah i've got uh he was do you want to see it and he's like oh you've got it still he's like no no no, i've got a photograph of it and he's like, oh yeah i'll see it and he, he pulls it out quite quickly and shows him this photograph and he's like oh yeah this is very provocative uh, can i keep this <laughs> and the guy's like oh no i possibly couldn't and he's like but for me and it just cuts to <laughs> Sam in his apartment hanging up this this photograph <laughs> of the painting. So he basically flirted his way to obtain evidence from this, this sad man who's been tricked <laughs> and used by Sam, who's busy mm-hmm. going home to his model girlfriend and having all sorts of weird, creepy sex with her. <laughs> sure <laughs> well it's creepy in the sense that they start basically having sex in front of the friend at one point and he just kind of <laughs> awkwardly has to say bye as they're like kissing and like, like oh you too <laughs> sam's just kind of waving at him off as he's like already making out with his wife and i'm like that's just not how you behave in public sam <laughs> well i mean if they're if the if you're in your own like hotel room or apartment or, or whatever i think it's fair game just you know, a, a good bro knows when it's time to leave. Oh, but when the penetration's already started, is that? Yeah. <laughs> a good oh. bro knows. A good bro knows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, what was I going with all that? Oh, yeah. So this this painting uh, is of like a, <laughs> someone killing a woman, right? So <laughs> it, it relates thematically to what's going on. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Sam gets like a contact it might, no, he goes and talks to the pimp because the second victim was a prostitute so he goes mm. to the prison where the pimp's currently doing time and asks the pimp and the like, yeah, everyone he goes and talks to now that I'm thinking about they're all kind of weird cookie characters the first guy's overly camp this guy's kind of like twitchy and he's always saying things kind of weird but he gives him a contact who might know something about where this hitman was from uh, which is this guy who comes to Sam's place and just basically demands money and says, I may have intel for you tomorrow, which he does. He does give him the intel. Uh, but yeah, so these are all of his investigative little like tangents. But here's, but here's the kicker. Here's the one that really is. So we got, the painting thing was early on, but then a, just as look, they're actually getting ready to leave, they decide, you know what, it's getting dangerous here. The killer's mm-hmm. phoning me. Let's just go to, back to the US now. He's taking his girlfriend with him. She's moving there with him all very happy and they're packed their bags and what's funny actually is the scene where they start making out as if they're about to have sex and the friend has mm-hmm. to awkwardly leave and say bye as soon as the friend leaves he gets it like sam gets an idea and starts ignoring her and stops the sex and he's like wait a minute i've got an idea <laughs> we've got eight hours till the plane leaves i, I have got just enough time to go do this and this mm-hmm. was the thing i was talking about in the spoiler free section where he decides to pursue a lead that like, obviously, like, what could this... Po- like, this would be a huge coincidence if this turns out to be anything. But he wants to go and talk to the painter of the painting that the <laughs> potential killer maybe bought. Now, we, the audience, know he bought the painting, or, or she bought the painting, whoever the killer is, because it did that really nice transition shot earlier, if you remember, Tim, where it mm-hmm. goes from a shot of it on his wall, and then it switches to the, the, the real painting, and then the camera pulls mm. back and the killer's there. Ah, yes. You remember that? Did you, did mm-hmm. you like that? Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's just, yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't have much yeah. to say about it other than it looked cool. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, okay. Just, <laughs> Argento. Just, I'm just checking. Again, 
I'm good at what he does. Very Argento, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying to do. <laughs> so he takes a train, he goes to meet this guy who's a bit of a hermit who does these paintings, and he has to put a ladder out for Sam to get into his place because he's like boarded up all the doors and all the other windows. So the only way he ends through this one window via ladder. And he gets up to the, to the guy's place and he's eating dinner and he offers some to Sam who tries to be polite and accepts, but he doesn't really want any of it. So he's kind of mm-hmm. trying. But this guy's got crazy hair. He's got a big beard. He's got paint everywhere. He feels kind of cookie. I, didn't, I never thought he was the killer, but in the real world, if I saw this guy, I might think, yeah, serial killer. Like, totally. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. Or at the very least, not someone you want to spend a lot of time with. No, I certainly like. There's even that shot where uh, Sam like wipes the fork he gives him, like himself, with his own handkerchief, just yeah. just in case. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, you you were alluding to this earlier. So it turns out this guy's got a lot of cats, and but he keeps <laughs> them all in cages. And Sam asks, "Why do you keep them in cages?" And he's like, "Well, the less they move, the fatter they get." And he's like, "Why do you want them to be fat? Because I eat them." And then Sam looks over at the plate of meat that he's just been eating and gets very worried. <laughs> well, he he says something along the lines of like, I think he says like, oh, like I would never eat a cat or something like, oh, I've never had cat or any, or something. And then the page is like, never? Like, <laughs> like insinuating like, well, what do you think you just ate, man? And then um, it's uh, actually, this is something that I thought was like generally kind of surprising because... I, I don't think Argento is known, you know, as much for, you know, uh, being comedic, but I thought, like, there was some genuinely, like, funny stuff in this movie. Like, out of the, oh, this yeah. whole scene from start to finish, like, and, and it's not funny in the way of, like, oh, it's so weird and random and this kooky Italian giallo thing that it's, like, you know, uh, you know, so off it's funny. It's like, oh, no, like, they, they know exactly what they're doing. Like, they're setting up you know, stuff for laughs and it, it, it generally worked. So that I was actually pretty surprised by that. And, you know, n- not just this scene too, but like earlier, like you're referring, like there's lots of like kind of over the top characters, which like are, yeah, generally funny in this. Yeah. Even, even the camp guy, it felt like, you know, mm-hmm. the ending with him getting the painting because he asked nicely for it, that's set up with the flirtation that's set up yeah. to be the payoff <laughs> to, the, to the scene. So yeah, no, there is like weird bits of humor that are, intentional i wouldn't say all of them are intentional but a lot of them oh, are sure, sure, sure. yeah <laughs> yeah there's definitely some jokes in there mm. it's when he's on the way back though from the painter that the killer finally tries to strike uh the girlfriend julia she he we get mm. this like shot of him coming towards their their building and coming into it and she gets scared and barricades the door and the killers try to like stab a hole in the door and she's trying to stab a knife back through the hole in the door. It's all very, like, it's very overly dramatic because at one point she just sort of like lies down on the floor and starts crying because she feels like <laughs> helpless or whatever. And uh, I was like, okay. But it, it went on long enough that I was like, you know, I could totally buy she feels helpless because all the other windows have bars on them and shit like that. So she can't just oh, yeah. get out. <laughs> uh yeah she's like trying to get through like the skylight it seems to be boarded up but um yeah i mean this this was another like just felt like a very classic kind of argento shot when you have the uh killer is, <coughs> is excuse me is looking through the uh you know the hole in the door with the eye and she's like running at him with the knife like yeah um just another example of like wow this, this is like so well done and like um 
she just feels really cool. She would have done well to maybe not caught, like telegraph what she was about to do by screaming sure, yeah. as she ran at the door. Maybe she would have got him in the eye. Yeah. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, it totally could have been a thing where maybe she would have stabbed him in the eye and then the end of the movie is looking for the one-eyed person who's like stumbling yeah. around because they just got their eye stabbed. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it's interesting, though. It is a good shot, though. It's a good shot when the eye's looking now, through the hole. I, I, I can't remember if I missed something, but... I believe, like, before he leaves uh, to go see that painter uh, guy, uh, which another thing that's funny is, like, you know, their flight leaves in eight hours or whatever, and he's, like, calculating the time in his head, <coughs> which is, like, it's, like, an hour and a half to get there and then an hour and a half to get back and stuff, and it's, like, it, and I, I guess you could have done it back then, but, like, in my, ha- my, in my head, I'm thinking, it's like, oh, man, like, you got to get to the airport at least, like, you know, a couple of hours early just because yeah. you never know, <laughs> like... I, I guess then you could just kind of like get there right on time and be okay. But um, I guess airport I, security was a bit quicker in the seventies, is my yeah. bet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, uh, but okay. So the uh, I forget if I missed something though, because I, I I feel like before he leaves, he mentions like, oh, there's like two police guard uh, police guards that are guarding the door or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, he does say that. You're right. Yeah. So you're wondering like, how did they not spot the killer coming in? Yeah. I think the implication was is that the killer was coming from like, the back because because they go through like a like a boarded up door and because they mentioned earlier on that this building's like really bad shape and it's actually been torn mm. down in a, like a month's time and he's like, the last sense, yeah. he's the last tenant to leave so I I, I yeah. guess it's just that they snuck in the back because I think the two cops that were there guarding the building like I think they run up like when because eventually the killer runs away because they hear Sam coming and mm-hmm. when Sam comes up and like comes in. I think the two cops like show up as well and go looking for the killer. So, uh, okay. So I, I guess yeah. yeah, they just they weren't guarding more than one side of the building. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I I guess maybe originally when he mentioned it, I assumed they were more like right outside, like either outside the door or like on oh. that floor or, or something. You know, which yeah, maybe if, if they're just on the street or something. It could I, be I was thinking they were sitting in a car. I, I thought they would be sitting in a car just sort of keep an eye in the building. That makes sense too, yeah. And yeah. then, um, yeah. <laughs> in which case, though, it may make it a lot easier for uh, the killer, especially it's, if it's someone that you have no idea what they look like or, or whatever. Like, just kind of waltz right in. I mean, I guess and, the idea is that no one else lives there, so there should be no reason for anyone else to go in the building. So anyone who true, goes yeah. in <laughs> is a suspect. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So the big thing is that the. <laughs> When the killer calls him, like, halfway through the movie, they hear a noise, like, halfway through the tape, and they're like, what's that noise, right? Also, these two voices from these two different tapes sound... Or, they don't even sound different, they actually sound the same, but the waves on the computer are in- indicating they're actually two different people. And I'm like, okay, whatever. But, uh, this noise is, like, you're thinking... So the friend who he works with, who Sam works with, when he's over just before they start having sex, he listens to the tape, and he's like hmm, that noise sounds familiar. Can I take this tape and listen to it? And I, I was thinking he was the killer at this point, so I was like, I'm really <laughs> suspicious. But he comes back the next day, he's like, hey, I, I figured it out, guys. Like, I think I know what it is. And he's like, oh, he names it, it's this bird. And he's like, what? It's this bird that has, like, uh, wings that are so clear, they look like crystal. And I'm like, aha! The title <laughs> of the movie. And... Oh, sorry, Firefly, I'm not going to eat you. Cat's freaking out. Uh... <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so it's like, okay, the weird thing, though, this bird is very rare. It only it lives in one part of the world. So the only one that would be in the city 
are in the country even would be at a zoo. So they go <laughs> to the zoo where this bird's being kept. <laughs> I'm distracted by this cat who's just freaking out over there. <laughs> and they go to the zoo where the bird's being kept, and they're like, okay, so whoever phoned, like, this bird's audible from that location. They could hear the bird over the phone. So mm. he recognizes the building, like, behind where this bird cage is, because it's the building where the victim of the art gallery, where he witnessed the attempted murder, like, that white, that woman and her husband lived there, because he tried to visit them early, you know, earlier on, mm-hmm. after she's at the hospital, he wanted to come and visit her and say hello and sort of see if she was doing okay. And the, she was, like, apparently asleep, and the husband just kind of, like, told him to leave, effectively. <laughs> but he's like, wait a minute, that's their place. It's just up there. So they, they go up, and for some reason... The two cops that are with him bring him in with them as if he's like the one leading the investigation but they go up and they go up to the the apartment and it looks like the husband's trying to kill the wife right it looks like they're in a struggle for dominance so the cops like run in and try to like disarm him and he ends up going over the ledge and he starts saying he doesn't want to die and we get this actually great shot when they eventually drop him because they can't keep a hold of him we get this great almost like pov shot like as it goes down to the ground where it's just the car i can only imagine that the camera in some kind of rope and they just kind of like drop the camera really quickly without it hitting the ground obviously (laughs) but like so it it looks quite good and then he's like lying there dying he's like it was all me i tried Mm -hmm. she was trying to stop me don't don't blame my wife uh Mm -hmm. but during all this commotion julia like the, the the best friend said to julia hey let's get out of here because but you know the, the struggle's happening and then after the crime scene sort of dies down the police are here the ambulance is here and all that stuff like julia's nowhere to be found it's like she's she's just mm-hmm. like she's been kidnapped so sam mm-hmm. gets concerned and starts looking around for her i actually really dug this moment i, I felt like there was like a cool, cool vibe here it's like okay you may think it's all over but then wait where's she someone else has taken her so mm-hmm. there's still some threat I, I, there was a couple. There was a couple of shots of him looking around. One in particular, where the camera pulls up from where he is in the street, and it just looks across like the rooftops. And it's the idea that oh, she's in one of these buildings, and then eventually we kind of <coughs> hone in in the one that it is. And sure enough, <laughs> it's this apartment that's got the painting that was purchased that we knew about. And Sam gets to this place. He, he kind of like gets enough signs to get get up there, and Julia is tied up. And the killer turns out to be the wife. The the woman who was the victim in the scene that he witnessed was actually the killer. And the struggle he was watching was her trying to kill her husband. <laughs> and the husband was sort of deranged and loved her so much that he was covering for her this entire time. There's definitely some convoluted elements to this. <laughs> I think it's an interesting twist. Uh, yeah, that it's... I feel like if it wasn't Jallo, like, I'd be more critical of it, but it does feel like the perfect kind of, like, nonsensical uh, thing that you would get out of a, a Jallo, especially since, like, yeah, we've seen that opening scene. It it didn't really look like that's what was going on, but... No, they, yeah. they saw a try and retcon it, and he's like, oh, that's why it's been bugging me this whole time, is because it, it's, it's finally clicked that the struggle was the other way around. It wasn't <laughs> her being scared of him, it was him being scared of her. Uh, it's. I mean, that part on its own is a fun little twist, but certainly, mm-hmm. like, it never looked like a woman who was doing the killings, like, for the oh, rest of the movie. Not, no. Like, <laughs> anytime you get a good look at them physically, mm-hmm. it never looked like a woman. But that, 
Like, that's definitely happened in other horror movies, though, where the killer turns out to be a woman, where you sort of go, yeah, mm-hmm. but I don't believe you had, a like, a woman actually wearing the, the outfit <laughs> and doing stuff. Because she comes out wearing the hat and the coat, and she starts laughing <laughs> like a maniac. And it's like, oh, she's completely, you know, psychotic. There was one yeah. little connection that I think I caught this time that I don't think I did the first time I watched it, is that it mentions when, the, when they're doing the uh, the TV interview with a psychologist after this, who's explaining everything for the audience. <laughs> yeah. Um, he says that she, she herself was a victim of an attempted murder a decade ago, or even longer than mm-hmm. that. And then yeah. she was fine afterwards. She sort of rehabilitated into society for a good time. But then something kind of set her off and she became... In fact, it was the painting. Uh, <laughs> something it, it set her off and she became murderous after seeing that painting. And I think they were implying here that she was literally... Because the, the artist said that he based this painting on something that happened to a woman he knew. Mm-hmm. And I think they were kind of implying here that that was literally... Like, that was the... She, the artist knew her and based this oh, painting gotcha. on her. And that's yeah. why the, the the painting specifically like set her off is because it was in the location that mm-hmm. she was attacked in. It was very similar. We were in the same type of clothes, all that stuff. And, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. At least I think that's what they were implying. Uh, but yeah. But they have to explain this. Because I think the thing that really bugged me about the explanation is when they mentioned the husband, they kind of say mm-hmm. that not only was he covering for her, but like, her mental state rubbed off on him and he basically was psychotic as well. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know if I quite get that necessarily, yeah. <laughs> but you know, whatever, I'll roll with it. I'll roll with it. Uh, sure. But yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, the, like the, the idea here where you have like, I don't know, like, like this painting is so powerful that it can inspire madness and, and the idea of like, you know, someone that was like a, a victim and they're like, they see themselves in this painting, but like for some reason they, you know, begin to sympathize with the murderer instead of the victim, like for whatever reason. Like to me, that is a, a very interesting idea. Like I like yeah. that twist. Uh, it's just the, it, it's just like such like an info dump. Like it's not interesting just having like a guy <laughs> explain all of it to you, like at the end of the movie. Yeah, the concept's interesting because it's kind of like, the idea of like taking back power she wants to be the mm-hmm. one doing the act because she wants to feel powerful she doesn't want to feel helpless like the victim she wants to be the one yeah. who's making the other person feel helpless like mm-hmm. I, I can get the, the logic and psychology of that like that's mm-hmm. cool uh that's fun like you said earlier though for some reason uh because they want to show like our happy main couple on a plane getting ready to go back to the u.s uh, for some reason, <laughs> as we're getting this explanation, it keeps cutting to shots of their plane in the tarmac, just sort of like driving around and like turning, constantly turning. Uh, and then the very last sort of shot is like them on the plane. Like he's like, he's a bit late and he just gets to the plane in time and sits down mm-hmm. next to her. And it's like, ah, oh, they're happy. He's right. He's writing a book because he's uh, this entire mm-hmm. uh, like murder plot has inspired him mm-hmm. to write. I assume he's just writing the story of what happened because why wouldn't he? It's, it's, oh yeah, <laughs> it's certainly interested enough to be told. So for sure, yeah. Uh, so it ends with them flying off. Although there's a, there's a little bit of previous dialogue that plays over the uh, mm-hmm. the closing credits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I mean <laughs> yeah. I think the end the ending's kind of crazy. But I, 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 one thing we do have to say though is that we kind of glossed over. We kind of jumped to the the aftermath. Mm-hmm. Is that after the killer reveals herself, right? And also the best friends in there with his like, because th- mm-hmm. he thinks he's the perpetrator as well. Sam thinks the best friend is the killer, and he says, "What have you done with Julia?" But then mm-hmm. the guy like leans forward and he's got a knife in the back of his neck, so he's been mm-hmm. killed. 
Um, but after uh, the wife reveals herself to be the killer, he chases her, and <laughs> it leads to a... <clears throat> because because you don't really realize where you're because i was thinking this actually during this scene i was like wait is this a second apartment that she had as well mm -hmm. but then you realize this is actually like the back room of the art gallery because he chases her into a dark room and you get this great shot of him at this doorway where you just see this you know you see the door of light and then the rest mm -hmm. of the room is pitch black it is just it's... like it, yeah yeah, the, uh, yeah this i was kind of referencing it earlier but this scene is just absolutely amazing like it was uh, I mean, it's so simple, but it's so beautiful and effective. And it, it's like, yeah, this is the kind of thing that's like, oh, yeah, uh, uh, I'm remembering now why Argento is like a master uh, you know, of this medium. It's uh, I actually took a video of it because I was like, uh, I was going to watch it uh, uh, again because uh, I just uh, I, thought, <laughs> I thought it was great. It's It's such a good scene. Yeah, and she lures him into a spot and then the lights turn on and he's standing next to this big like uh like a sculpture or art, art piece is it it's, it's basically like a big canvas that's got a lot of spikes on it yeah and she she cuts it and it like falls down and lands mm. on top of him he's lucky in that none of the spikes actually stab mm. him but he's trapped under this thing and she starts jumping on top of it and laughing like this is the thing mm. the whole movie she's this silent killer who's like i wouldn't say like michael myers per se but it's, it's definitely mm. closer to that than this scene where she's laughing like a, a maniac and be like, hey, 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 I'm going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> she's really into it in this scene, which does feel mm. a little bit out of character versus the rest of the scenes that we've seen yeah. of the killings. But uh, the, the, the the police show up eventually and save him. Uh, but... yeah, uh, see, this is what also kind of dis disappointed me because uh, I feel like, yeah, you get that amazing shot and then you have... Um, you know th this art gallery scene and then he's trapped under these spikes and she's being so crazy and over the top and like at this point i'm at like you know peak like <laughs> excitement for a movie i'm like oh my god like i can't wait to to see what happens and then it is kind of just like oh the cops were like run in and they're done yeah yeah it's a that's little like, quick and anticlimactic the way it wraps up in that yeah. sense but uh, all that build-up was very good. Uh, oh, absolutely, and, yeah. And to be fair to them, they did set up this art piece earlier on. Like, when he goes back <laughs> to the art gallery to try and talk to the wife and that, and she thanks him for helping her, um, mm. they're actually putting this piece up, and they're talking about how the light's hitting it and stuff. So they, they do make mm. a point of emphasizing it and saying, hey, this thing's here. And it kind of plays in the scene as just, oh, that's what they're up, that's what they're doing when he comes to see them. But <laughs> obviously at the end here, oh, no, that was Chekhov's spiky modern art piece. Mm. <laughs> That's what that was. <laughs> Literally, yeah. If you see a spiky modern art piece in the first act, you know it has to come back in the final act. Absolutely. That's just that's just screenwriting. <laughs> if you're not, if you're not adhering to that, then what are you? Some you're just yeah. some hack. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> and so. we don't watch movies from hacks on this show. I wish that were true, Tim. <laughs> I wish that to be true, but unfortunately it is not. We have watched many a film from many a hack. Mm -hmm. In fact, Tim's trying to talk me into doing a Rob Zombie movie soon, and I'm not happy about it. <laughs> Sound off in the comments if that's something you'd like to see. You know they're going to say yes. They want to see us <laughs> suffer. They want to see me suffer, more to the point. <laughs> Do you know what? We got someone commented on... Um, uh, it, was, it, was, it was a collector's cut thing, right? 
Uh, we finished mm-hmm. The Expendables, which is not a good franchise by and large. And mm-hmm. one of our regulars commented, oh, I'm so happy for David that The Expendables franchise is over. I'm like, what about me? What about me? You're not happy that I don't have to suffer anymore? What is this shit? Inequality bullshit. <laughs> Well, David's a beloved fan favorite. You know, you don't want to <laughs> see him suffer too much. Oh, dear. Okay. Uh, yeah. Bird with the Crystal Plumage, though, is, is, is very good. It's very suspenseful. I don't think there's a lot of, like, subtext or, or nuance in the film. Like, I think sure. Giallo in general, and certainly Argento, I would describe as stale over substance. And I think that's okay if you enjoy the style of these movies you can appreciate them for what they are and get a lot out of them because the visuals are so good and some of the the style and direction is so good but if you're coming here for like realistic characters who have arcs that make sense (laughs) you're probably barking up the wrong tree and that's still true in this one even though i even though i think this is up there and and like argento's like top three uh this is still true here that that you know but you, you can't expect I don't know characters from The Godfather in this. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm saying like you know Friday the Thirteenth has that either, but <laughs> sure, a little bit different. Well, I mean, you know, it's uh, you know, it, it's uh, the phrase kids use nowadays where they say like, oh, like you know, the this person or whatever they understood the assignment. It's like uh, you know, Argento <laughs> here, he he understood the assignment. He knew what he was doing. You know, like he. You know, he, you know, uh, played it out uh, perfectly. This is a you know great example of a Argento flick, of a Jalo flick. Um, yeah, I was really glad that uh, we did this one. This was a good pick. Again, I'll take credit for it. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you kindly. This is, I mean, this has to be. Is this his first Jalo film per se? I don't know if it is. And I, I feel like it has to be like pretty early on in his career. Like I wouldn't imagine he's done. Much before this, I'm just maybe I could look, be wrong. I'm having a look at his director's credits. No, this is his first feature film. This is it. This oh, there is the you first go. one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, knocked it out of the park. It was this, then Cat on Nine Tails, which we'll do at some point, I'm sure. And that one, I don't think I've seen. Uh, oh, I've seen that one. Uh, that that that's, that's the lead character in that one's blind, and it's him and like his granddaughter who are like trying to solve the crimes. Oh, maybe I have seen that actually. That does kind of sound familiar. Yeah. I might have seen it. <laughs> definitely one of interest. We'll definitely have a look at it yeah. when the, the time comes. Uh, but yeah, there you go. That is uh, that is the Bird of the Crystal Plumage. We should rate the film. Tim, what are you giving <laughs> the film out of 10? Uh, <clears throat> I think I'm going to give it a, a solid 8. Uh, mm, I was wondering well. if it's almost an 8.5, but if, <gasps> if that's too high. But no, I think I'm going to go with an 8. I, I think this is... You know, a, a great example of what it does. Uh, it's a great example of like a, a Jalo. There's um, you know lots of really impressive, um, you know, camera work and directing in this that just I think really showcases uh, you know Argento's talents and why he's you know such a beloved uh, horror director. <laughs> There's definitely uh, you know some silly stuff and stuff that doesn't that probably shouldn't work out or make that much sense. But again, you kind of got to play with the movie on its terms. Like, I feel like that all adds to the charm of it. And, you know, if you're coming in, you know, knowing that you're watching kind of a, you know, an Argento seventies shallow movie, you know, usually you kind (laughs) of would have that, uh, understanding, but, um, no, just all around a very solid, you know, very fun, uh, movie with some nice little flourishes to it. 
Yeah, I... It's funny, because I do think these Jalo films have a bit of a ceiling, but I'm I'm kind of inclined to sort of be close to that. I, I, I like I think I'm 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 I think I would give it the eight, but there is maybe just a, a, enough silly plot things that I think I have to say it's not like great in an objective sense, and it's just, but it's really good for style reasons, and I think it's absolutely worth the watch. And if you know you like Jalo films, you're going to be into this for sure. Uh, so I think I'll go just a nudge lower and say seven point five for me. So there you go. That is uh, the bird with the crystal plumage. So now I, I, I do want to say to the not that they need to remake this or that they ever should have remade it, but uh, I did keep thinking like, oh, if they, you know, remade this in like the the nineties or, or something, that uh, you could have gotten Bruce Campbell for the main character. I think he would have fit that role well. Yeah, but he's probably a bit too old now. Well, now, yeah, but I'm saying, like, yeah, if he did it in, like, the 90s or something. Okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's a really specific thought you're putting forward there, but yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Probably... If they remade it now, I would play the main character. Oh, would you? Okay. Yes. <laughs> okay. You and a model girlfriend, that's what you're going for, is it? That sounds about right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, that is the show. You can play the guy oh. that eats cats. <laughs> Screw you. What are you doing? How dare you? How dare you, Tim? I, yeah, so as October, we're doing a bunch of extra episodes. Uh, I don't know where this slot's in in the month, but hopefully you've been enjoying all the extra episodes. Some of them <laughs> recent films, some of them classics, some of them weird oddball picks that Tim's decided at 3 a.m. <laughs> on a Wednesday morning that he wants to do. Uh, regardless, hope you're having a good October and I'm watching a lot of bunch of horror movies and all that stuff. Uh, but you can, of course, support all the content over at patreon.com slash TV. And this month, the bonus episode is back. In fact, there's more than one bonus episode this month. Um, we're not sure how many yet, but at least two. So <laughs> you can check out uh, those. And, of course, you can uh, you know look forward to other bonuses from other shows and other things uh, in the future. But that is the episode. So thank you very much for joining us. Keep watching scary movies, and we will see you next time.